good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Christian Underground News Network. It is Thursday afternoon, May the 4th, and we are delighted that you've joined us today on the Christian Underground News Network. We have uh, our normal Tuesday guest here with us on Thursday, uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson, uh, prolific Christian author, pastor, and uh, and circuit speaker extraordinaire. If you've never if you've never had the pleasure of seeing and hearing JB on the road, I highly suggest you check out notbyworks.org and check out his schedule, his speaking schedule and event schedule. You will be glad that you went and saw him. Trust me, uh, he's he's a great man. Uh, great scholar, great author, and just a great friend uh, to the Christian Underground News Network, and we're we're blessed and grateful to have him on our team. And uh, I know what he's got to talk about today. Um, and and JB, I'm not going to steal your thunder on the introduction, but I'd like to ask you a question, uh, and and it's kind of a personal question, uh, not too personal, but here it is. Have you ever had someone in your life, or do you now have someone in your life that you would consider the apple of your eye? Absolutely. That would be the love of my life, Wendy. And uh, that's a very is, good answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no. She's just a uh, uh, really a dream come true. She's uh, my my right hand, my right arm, uh, and uh, love her to death. And 31 years we've been married and um, wow. just grateful for her, uh, uh, you know, friendship and partnership. You know, we've been through a yes. lot through the years in ministry, and uh, she's right there with me. And uh, we're just we're just grateful. Not by works is is really a family run ministry. You know, has been since we started it. It's what yes. we call in the corporate world a, a tightly controlled corporation. You know, uh, my yes. father's on the board, my wife's on the board. Um, we uh, my daughter, of course, works for us. Uh, uh, she's an employee, and then uh, my wife and I uh, collaborate often on all the things that we do. So. So yeah, G Curtis, man, great to be back with you. You know, I always love your introductions because. They build me up. You know, it's just like you're reading from a thesaurus on all the, the wonderful <laughs> compliments you can give a fella. And, and man, I just don't want you to stop. I'm like, keep going. You know? <laughs> keep going. Well, well, I mean, I mean, every word and, and uh, to me, every word is true. And uh, I want our listeners to know how much we appreciate you, JB. Well, you're, and likewise, you know, Christian Underground News Network has been a great blessing to NBW Ministries, and uh, we love you because, you know, so many of the interviews and shows that I do as a guest, um, even though I present the gospel and I do my best to, to really draw people's attention to the Word of God, uh, you know, that's not the main theme of, of those shows. And so, in that sense, I'm a little bit of an unusual guest, but I know that the, the folks there at Christian Underground News Network uh, share our biblical worldview from top to bottom. I mean, we are absolutely, so. Absolutely, sir. So it's it's really a privilege, but uh, yeah, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. You hinted at it with your question, but let me uh, before we get to that, just give a couple of quick updates. It has been a, a, a busier than usual week. We have just been seems like not slowed down 
uh, with all of uh, the interviews. It, it started on Monday. I had a fantastic two-hour uh, podcast with uh, some folks uh, from Florida. We called that End Times Analysis, Revelation, the Rapture, the Gospel, and more. And that's available uh, on our podcast channel, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can also go to notbyworks.org slash podcasts uh, to see the most recent ones there and then pick your favorite podcast provider and open it up in their app. But anyway, that's a great uh, a great uh, podcast that we did. And of course, then Tuesday was our regular weekly uh, uh, prophecy night at Plum Creek Chapel. And we continued our discussion of the different manifestations of evil uh, the closer we get to the return of the right. Lord. And then yesterday, I was going strong from sunup to sundown. I did a uh, t television interview with uh, James Grunvig on Unrestricted Truths, and I was yes. supposed to be a guest for uh, 30 minutes on his one-hour show. And uh, so we're calling that Is, Is America Waking Up? Really appreciated James, and he asked some great questions, and he's already invited me back on. I'll be oh, back on that great. program on Monday, May 22nd. But that video is posted. It's in the number one spot on the highlight carousel there at Not By Works Ministries. But also yesterday, uh, we did uh, our normal world events update with Randy, and it was another power-packed hour with him some great uh, breaking news and breaking developments all through the lens of Scripture. And I also took the time yesterday in my discussion with Randy at the beginning to talk about uh, the prophet Jeremiah and and yes. how he announced that God's judgment was coming on, yes. on Israel and yes. made some parallels to uh, where we are as a country. Uh, and then, uh, uh, let's see, what else did we do yesterday? Uh, well, I, I published an article yesterday, Tur Turbulent Times Require steady faith. And uh, one of my uh, weekly uh, devotionals, very short, easy to read. Hopefully that will uh, encourage you as well. And then last night we did a podcast uh, called uh, False, Gospel, False Gospels and Doctrines of Demons. That was with my good friend Kim at Life Clips. And uh, she's putting together, as she usually does, a full-fledged video uh, of that. It was a video podcast. We just posted the, uh, the audio and that's already available at notbyworks.org or wherever you listen to our podcasts. And then, of course, uh, today, the highlight for me is getting to talk to my, uh, my good friend and colleague, uh, Curtis. And so um, today we're going to call uh, our subject uh, for the podcast, Israel's Guaranteed Future in Bible Prophecy. Israel's Guaranteed Future uh, in uh, Bible Prophecy. And, and you know, Curtis, uh, there can be no question that Israel as a nation seems to be the center of attention these days. I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> and sometimes in, in a most in a most negative fashion. But yes, yeah, yeah no, I would agree with that. No question. I mean, politically, it's always a hot spot. It's in the news almost every day for one reason or another. Right. Uh, militarily, there are all kinds of threats and. Negative saber rattling going on from the likes of you know Iran and North Korea and even Turkey joined the the fray recently, siding with Iran. Uh, geopolitically, we know Israel is is always uh, making and 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 adjusting alliances with different people, and uh, of course, well, uh, they've definitely got more enemies than they have friends. Right, very few friends, very many enemies. Right. Um, but it's just interesting to me that you know. If you think of the world at large, that this small little piece of real estate, which really was not a nation for 1800 years until 1948 right. when it emerged from World War II as a nation again, yeah, uh, right. is suddenly 
you know, is always, you know, in the news and, and making mm-hmm. uh, making headlines. Um, mm-hmm. But not only politically, militarily, geopolitically, but theologically, of course, we know, if you read the Bible, that the entire Old Testament is all about God's national promises to Israel. And well, That's right. The beginning you know, in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Yeah. And there's all kinds of debate, you know, going on uh, in theological circles, uh, has been for a while, between the role that Israel plays, if any, in the future. And of course, we believe uh, firmly and emphatically that God's Word teaches there is a future for Israel Absolutely, in God's plan of the ages. And so that's why we're calling this, you know, Israel's guaranteed future in Bible prophecy. And uh, to start us off, I, I want to read from Psalm 122, which is just such a, a beautiful uh, psalm, and I think it kind of sets the stage for us as we, you know, as we think about uh, what I'm going to give is, is 12 reasons that God is not through with Israel. Right. 12 reasons from the Bible that we know God is not through with Israel. So, But let's read this Davidic psalm. King David wrote this. It's one of the songs of ascents that the children of Israel would sing as they were heading up the mountain to Jerusalem uh, for the different festivals each year. But it begins, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For the thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek peace your good. And so it's just a beautiful, poetic way, of course, part of the inspired canon of Scripture that we understand God's a, a glimpse into God's heart for Israel. Uh, but let's dive in here, and, and let me give you a 12 reasons God is not through with Israel as we talk about Israel's guaranteed future in Bible prophecy. The first reason is that the king himself promised to return. That's Jesus right. Christ is the King of Kings. Uh, During his earthly ministry, he told the disciples, and we read about this in Luke chapter 19, verses 11 to 27, that uh, the King is going to go away for a while, but he will return. And when he returns, uh, he will establish his kingdom. In fact, one of the reasons he's going away is to receive the kingdom, but he's going to come back and inaugurate the kingdom. And, uh, you know, he himself said in Matthew 25, just a few days, you know, chronologically after the Luke 19 passage, when he had talked about the king is going to go away, but then return, Jesus himself said in Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And so the first reason we know God is not through with Israel is that Israel's king, and indeed the king of the whole world, promised Uh, to return. And, you know, the prophet Isaiah predicted a time when all of the governments would be upon the shoulders of this king, uh, the prince of peace, uh, but uh, that has not happened yet. And so, uh, you know, we know that God's word is true, and we look forward to when that king does take the throne. Amen. Uh, A second reason why I can guarantee you that God is not through with Israel is that Jesus promised to give the kingdom 
to future Jewish leaders in the nation of Israel uh, who yes. are worthy of it. That's uh, right. You know, if you go to Matthew chapter 21 and verses 40, uh, let's see, 21, I think it's 42. Uh, yeah, Jesus said, have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? Now, he's quoting here from Psalm 118, as well as Isaiah 28, 16. But he says, have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now, who's he speaking to here? He's speaking here. This Jesus is Christ. Yeah, he, Jesus Christ is speaking, but he's speaking to the Jewish leaders, the unbelieving leaders right. of Israel. And this is just days before he is uh, betrayed and arrested in the garden. This is after the triumphal entry, that final fateful week of his life leading up to the cross. And he's talking to these unbelieving Jewish leaders, and he says, haven't you read in the scriptures that you know, you're rejecting this this chief cornerstone. But he goes on to say in Matthew 21, 43, therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. Mm -hmm. And if you go on and read the context there, he's talking about the future nation of Israel that he addresses at great length in Matthew 24 and 25, uh, who will in fact respond in faith they will crown him as a king instead of crowning him with thorns, and they will be the rightful heirs of this coming kingdom. So for Jesus uh, to say that guarantees us that, that there's a future for national Israel. Otherwise, those that statement is empty and meaningless. Uh, what, what did it mean to those first century Jewish leaders that he was rebuking uh, when he said, I'm going to take the kingdom from you and give it to a future uh, nation? Uh, it has no meaning if there's not a future for Israel. Right. Um, number three, another reason we know that God is not through with Israel uh, and that they have a future in God's prophetic plan is that Jesus promised to regather Israel into her land. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. He said in Matthew 24, 31, when he comes back, he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect, in the context there, that's Israel, from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And Jeremiah the prophet says in Jeremiah 29, 14, to the nation of Israel, specifically Judah, the southern kingdom, he says, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. See, there is a future for national Israel because God has promised them that they will return to the land in belief and they will uh, inhabit that land. And, and that brings me to number four. Another reason we know that uh, God is not through with Israel is that God has made a covenant with Israel that is unconditional. God's covenant to Israel is absolutely unconditional. He goes on uh, in uh, Jeremiah uh, to talk about that covenant but, you, covenant, but you see it throughout the Old Testament. Deuteronomy talks about how God is going to bring Israel back from all the nations where he scattered you, as we just said. Mm -hmm. Isaiah says the same thing, the great trumpet will be blown. And then, uh, you, you know, those in Assyria and those in Egypt will come and worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. And all of those promises are based upon God's unconditional covenant that he made, as you mentioned uh, earlier, to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Remember, 
right. God told Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Well, what land? Yeah. Is that? It's the land of Israel. Yeah. And the, the thing that's amazing about that to me has always been amazing to me, JB, is that you know, when God told him, get up out of your father's house <clears throat> unto a land that I will show thee. He, he had Abraham no, had no idea where he was going to be sent. No, it was going to show him, but he had to do it by faith. It was by faith. And the New Testament makes that very clear. Later on in Genesis 15, we we explicitly read that Abraham believed God, and that's what declared him righteous before a holy God, because he trusted right. in God, which is the only way anybody uh, can be saved. But Amen. this covenant, uh, you know, was, was quite clear. God promised unconditionally that he will make a great nation from Abraham. Now, of course, Abraham's grandson was Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and he became the father of 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. So this unconditional covenant, if you understand the Bible, uh, is another reason that we know God is not through with Israel, because he's a covenant-keeping God. And along those lines, we also know God's not a liar. That's the fifth reason that, that we can count on a future for national Israel, is because God is not a liar. And right. the writer of Hebrews connects that emphatic statement about the trustworthiness of Almighty God to the Abrahamic covenant. Listen to what we read in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. That's a direct quote from Genesis chapter 12. And he said, so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. This is Abraham. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. But God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, now listen, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation Amen. who have fled for our refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. That's what right. is that hope? For the audience of Hebrews, the recipients of that letter, it was Jewish believers who, like us today, like all the world today, is still looking forward to the consummation, the inauguration of that coming kingdom. But that hope that is set before us is based upon a God who cannot, will not, does not lie. So we know God is not through with Israel because the king promised to return, because Jesus promised to give the kingdom to future Jewish leaders when they respond in faith. He promised to regather Israel to her land. God's covenant with Israel is unconditional, and God is not a liar. But let's move on. Number six is God promised David a forever king for his throne. God promised David a forever king for his throne. That's one of the reasons we know God's not through with Israel, because God told David, your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever, 2 Samuel 7, 16. This is another unconditional covenant. We call this the Davidic covenant because it was made with David. So we know there has to be a future for national Israel because Curtis, there is no king currently in the line of David sitting on the throne, as God no, promised right. there would be. That's right. And, and when that throne, that king takes the throne, and that king is Jesus, of course, when he takes the throne, he will rule and reign forever. He's not going to give it up. 
He's not going to be overthrown. You know, kingdoms have come, kingdoms have gone. Kings have fallen many times through the centuries, including Israel's prior kings. Some of them were good, some of them were bad. But when the king of kings takes the throne, he will rule forever, just as God told David that he would. Amen. A seventh reason that we know God is not through with Israel and that Israel is guaranteed to have a future in Bible prophecy is because Israel has never fully inhabited the boundaries of the promised land that were given to them in Genesis chapter 15. That's right. Right now they exist on on a mere patch of oh, yeah. what, what they're guaranteed in the covenant. Yeah, no question. I mean, in, in chapter 15, God is continuing to affirm this covenant that he gave in Genesis chapter 12. And he says, um, you know, these things, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great uh, reward. And then he goes on to say at the end of this chapter, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, to your descendants, I have given this land. And then he spells out specifically the blueprint of the land geographically, so yes. there can be no doubt. He right. says, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Now, those were all ancient Near Eastern uh, countries, uh, people mm -hmm. groups that would have meant been very specific in uh, uh, Abraham's time. And we can go back today and pinpoint those geographic regions and 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 put them on a map. And as you said, Israel throughout its history has never occupied the entire land. They've had the rights to it, as Joshua yep. tells us, but they've never spread out to the boundaries of the land. So we know that God is not through with Israel because God has promised very specifically what their territorial boundaries will be, and they have not reached those boundaries yet. Right. Um, number eight, and this is a, a one that I love. I come back to it again and again. But we know that God is not through with Israel. You know why? Because the sun, moon, and stars are still in the sky. That's right. Now, I don't know if you looked up lately in, in the evenings uh, to see the moon and the stars or during the day to see the sun. I know it's getting harder and harder to do that with all the stuff that the Luciferians are spraying in the skies with their yeah. engineering uh, efforts. Uh, yep. But on a clear night here in the mountains, we can look up uh, sometimes and we can see the beautiful moon and stars. And God used that reality as a way to, to validate his promise. Listen to what he told uh, the children of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31, beginning in verse 35, thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for a light by day, the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, who disturbs the sea and its waves roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. Listen to what he says. If these ordinances, the ones he just talked about, the sun, moon, and stars, depart from me, but says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease being a nation before me. Thus says the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that the city shall be built for the Lord from the tower of Hananel to the corner gate. The surveyor's line shall again extend straight forward over the hill of Garib. Then it shall turn toward Goath. 
and the whole valley of the dead bodies and of the ashes and all the fields as far as the Kidron brook to the corner of the horse gate toward the east shall be holy to the Lord. It shall not be plucked up or thrown down any more forever. I mean, you can't be many any more emphatic than that. But God says, as long as you look up and you see uh, the, the ordinances in the sky, sun, moon, and stars, you can count on the fact that he's not through with Israel. He's got a plan for yeah. national Israel. Um, number nine, these are 12 reasons God is not through with Israel. Number nine, the future Antichrist will desecrate the Jewish temple. The future Antichrist will desecrate the Jewish temple. Now, Curtis, how is that going to be possible if there is no Israel in end times prophecy? Uh, right. If there's no Israel, there's no temple. If there's no temple, there's nothing for the Antichrist to desecrate. Daniel the prophet says that this future man of sin will confirm a covenant with many for one week, a seven-year period. But in the middle of that seven-year period, he will bring an end to sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate. Jesus quotes Daniel by name and says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee the mountains. He's talking about the midpoint of that future seven-year period, when indeed the future Antichrist that I've written and spoken about often uh, is going to desecrate the temple. He's going to set himself up as God and demand that everyone worship him. And that cannot happen if there's no Israel. So, That's right. I mean, any one of these things that I'm going through in my list can stand by itself and be proof enough, all we need, to know that God is not through with Israel and there's a future guaranteed for Israel in Bible prophecy. But that's a pretty big one. Um, number 10, and this is also related uh, to the temple, but the temple that's described in great detail by the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapters 40 to 48 uh, has never been built. <laughs> So, again, similar to what I said about the Antichrist's abomination of desolation, if, you know, the temple that, is, that Ezekiel describes is going to be built, that means there must be a future for Israel in God's prophetic plan, because it hasn't been built yet, that's for sure. Not yet. <laughs> and in fact, there's going to be two temples yet to be built, the tribulation temple, the one that the Antichrist will desecrate, but then after the tribulation... Uh, we will have a, a new temple that will be much grander, much more beautiful, much larger than any of Herod's temples uh, or the Tribulation Temple. And, uh, and, and this might be a, a good uh, point to interject here at this time. Uh, for years now, I think six or seven years, uh, the rabbinical councils and uh, the Levitical priesthood in Israel, which is, and those are still active organizations, they have been uh manufacturing to the letter uh to the letter specification uh from the bible temple implements they're getting ready for that third temple even as we speak they have been for years yeah they really yeah. have and i talked with mondo gonzalez recently about the red heifers there's a lot of activity going yeah. on over there in right. orthodox uh you know Ju judaism today now these are not believers necessarily they're not right. you know right. messianic jews but still uh again it just is one more sign of the times that indeed israel plays a key role in uh, god's end times uh, uh plan so yeah. um you know 12 reasons 
God is not through with Israel. We've gotten through uh, 10 of them. Let's do the final two, and then I'll just review. Uh, going back to Daniel, we know that there's a future for national Israel because Daniel's 490-year prophetic plan oh, yes. must be completed. Correct. So uh, God didn't say it's a 490-year plan, but the first 483 years are all that really matters. No, it's the whole you know, package deal. And he describes this plan and the final seven years of it. Uh, uh, let's let's listen to what he says in, in Daniel chapter 9, 24. This is God's prophet uh, promise to Daniel. He says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and your holy city. Now, who's Daniel's people and Daniel's holy city? That's Israel, Israel and the holy city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And that word weeks in our English Bible, sometimes in English, modern English translations, it's translated sevens, but it's the Hebrew word Shabuah, and it means a seven-year period. That's right. Uh, in certain contexts, context always has to determine meaning. It can mean seven days, but clearly here, and we know this mathematically, it was talking about a seven-year period, and it frequently does uh, uh, in Scripture. Uh, so seven, uh, 70 Shabuas, or 70 seven-year periods, are determined for your people and your holy city. That's 490 years. Now, what is the purpose of this 490 years? Listen to what Daniel says. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, those things have not happened yet, Curtis. We don't have an end to sin. We certainly don't have everlasting righteousness. And the King of Kings, the, the most holy anointed one, has not taken the throne. Mm -hmm. So we know there's got to be a future for national Israel because Daniel's 490-year plan must be completed. And then finally, and again, we there are many scriptures we could turn to uh, from Genesis to Revelation that reiterate the point that God's nation of Israel is part of his key plan of the ages, and they have a future. But Romans chapter 11 is a powerful end to a powerful section of Paul's letter. In chapters 9 through 11, he's addressing the nation of Israel and their role in God's plan. And he says in chapter 11 uh, of Romans, verses 25 and following, "'For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery,' lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. That's right. And then all Israel will be delivered. As it is written, the deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away godliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. So the fullness of the Gentiles has not come in yet. Uh, Israel's blindness is still ongoing, but someday the entire nation will be delivered when the Deliverer comes out of Zion. So the twelfth reason that we know God is not through with Israel is that Israel's Deliverer has not arrived in Zion yet. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, but hallelujah, he's coming. Make no mistake Amen to that. about that. So, you know, this is you know, Israel's guaranteed future in Bible prophecy. Let me run through them one more time. We know God is not through with Israel because, number one, the king promised to return. Number two, Jesus, who is the king, promised to give the kingdom to future Jewish leaders worthy of it. Number three, Jesus promised at his return to regather Israel into her land. Number four, God's covenant with Israel is unconditional, and God is not a liar. Number five, 
Number six, God promised David a forever king on his throne. Number seven, Israel has never fully inhabited the boundaries of the promised land. Number eight, the sun, moon, and stars are still in the sky. Number nine, the future Antichrist will desecrate the temple, which proves that Israel must be around and play a central role in the end times. Number 10, the temple described by Ezekiel has never been built. Number 11, Daniel's 490-year plan must be completed. And number uh, number 12, Israel's deliverer has not arrived in Zion yet. So, I hope that puts to rest the uh, nonsensical theological debates that continue to rage where people say the church is the new Israel, there's no future for national Israel, God's through with Israel, he's abandoned Israel, he's forsaken Israel. I mean, just read Psalm 122, and you know that was was by no means the sentiment that you get from David or anywhere else uh, in the Bible. And by way of application, as we close, I, I just want to remind people that in the same way that God is a covenant-keeping God for the nation of Israel, who is, by the way, the apple of his eye. That's the reason uh, Curtis asked me that question at the (laughs) outset of today's uh, podcast, because the Bible calls Israel the apple of God's eye. In the same way that God is a covenant-keeping God with Israel, he's a covenant-keeping God with us. And unsettling times where you can't count on anything, everything seems to be falling apart and fading away. Certainly can't trust uh, the government or the media or the Luciferians that are pulling the strings, but we can trust God. And you can trust God to give you the gift of eternal life if you'll simply trust in His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, as the only one to save you. So thanks for letting me share those uh, thoughts, Curtis. Well, I'm glad glad to have you here today to share those uh, nobody shares them quite like you do, JB. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I tell you what, I, uh, our listeners appreciate it. I sure do also. Uh, you spoke about the king uh, not being in place in Israel yet. And, you know, that, that always reminds me of, uh, I, I'm sure you saw it years ago uh, when it first came out, maybe a little after uh, the Left Behind series, uh, the movies. Sure. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in there was uh, when the leader of of the the rabbinical council and the Sanhedrin, uh, I can't remember his name at the at this point, but uh, he was the Orthodox leader of Israel at the time, uh, made the announcement that only one man has ever fulfilled every scriptural prophecy about the Messiah. Only one. And when he announced the name, and his name is Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's going to be quite an event when you think about it. When the nation of Israel finally comes around. Uh, And I've always wondered what event might trigger that. Huh. Yeah, well, I love it. It's it's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And, you know, I, I just always wondered what kind of event would trigger a national awakening like that. Uh, uh, I know some that, that believe that it might be the rapture that (laughs) triggers that particular event. 
Sure. Uh, the national awakening of Israel. Uh, boy, well, if it is the rapture, uh, we're going to be viewing this particular event, the national awakening, uh, from quite a heavenly perch, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, Zechariah 12 says, I will pour on the house of David, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they yeah. And, um, yeah. oh, uh, man. you know, uh, in John chapter 19, uh, John, the apostle, quotes that same verse, obviously referring to the death of Christ on the cross. So, so yeah, I think you're right. That could be the very thing that awakens Israel. And uh, the Bible tells us in Romans uh, 11 that that's one of the purposes of the church is to absolutely you know, provoke Israel uh, to jealousy right. so that when Christ comes back, this time they'll receive him rather yes. than piercing him. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Wow. Great segment today, JB. Thank you. Uh, for choosing that particular subject matter. Um, when you texted me and told me that's what you wanted to talk about, uh, you, uh, I'm 61 years old, but I actually did a backflip. And uh, <laughs> I, I rolled out of bed like a two by four this morning. But, uh, <laughs> so I blame, yeah. that on, I blame that on you, but thank you anyway, I guess. Well, praise God. I, you know, it just, uh, I told you when we texted that I wasn't sure. Let me give it some thought. I don't really have anything that comes to mind. My mind has just been swimming with all these interviews that we've done this week. And yeah, I so I just, uh, I was by myself last night. I hopped in the car to run to town to, to grab something to eat. Uh, my family was, was gone. They're back now. But, um, and as I was driving, I thought, you know, I wonder how many passages I can come up with off the top of my head, just driving along uh, and to that prove that there's a future for Israel. And they just started rolling in. And so I just, that's when I texted you and said, Hey, why don't we do something like that? So praise <laughs> God. So thanks again for having hey, me on and, and look forward to the next time. Thank you for being with us again, JB. We really appreciate it. You're, you're a blessing to us and to our listeners. And thank you very much for being with us again today. Uh, I'd like to remind all of our listeners that, uh, not only can they get this kind of great content on the Christian Underground News Network, but they can also get, uh, we, we have two other fantastic Bible teachers on the staff here. And, uh, yeah, you know, you know, both of them very well. If you've uh, listened to us or listened to us regularly, we have Pastor Dick Chamberlain, uh, a veteran of the ministry for over, uh, over 50 years. And, uh, uh, one of one of the most avid Bible students I know, and I'm biased. He's my dad, but I happen to know that that's a that's a fact. Mm -hmm. One of the best Bible students I've 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 ever met, and one of the best teachers. And we we're, we're blessed to have him, and uh, we're also blessed to have Lucas Doremus. Um, uh, he's also a prolific author. Uh, if he keeps going at the rate he's going, JB. Um, you know, your backdrop here, your bookcase, there's, that's what, three levels high? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he may outdo that if he keeps on his current pace. I, I have life. several of his books, and, you know. I do, too. Yeah. You're, you're so right about both of those men. And, and uh, we've been on Christian Underground with you for going on three years now, and it's probably yeah. been a while because I know we've uh, we've gained, gained all sorts of listeners just even in the last six months uh, at my yeah. work. So it's, it's been a while since I've shared the 
the connection, but uh, you know, my connection to Christian Underground News Network is through those two gentlemen that Curtis just mentioned. So Pastor Dick uh, used to fill in for me when I was pastoring uh, back in the day, and and uh, what an honor that was. And he was a great man to bounce you know theological discussions off of, and and I could not agree more with your assessment of your dad. Uh, and then uh, Lucas uh, uh, served in a variety of roles in my church ministry. He led our worship team. He worked with our young yes. people and uh just one of the smartest people i know and oh, I, I, I gotta i gotta tell you curtis i've been trying to uh, twist his arm to get him into formal vocational ministry for years i've told him again and again that the holy spirit's already told me he's supposed to be a pastor but that stubborn guy he just won't listen he just he's, <laughs> he's doing all this as a lay person and uh he needs to do more of it so uh if you're listening lucas Consider this uh, my uh, my once again my attempt to uh, coax you into formal ministry, Lucas. This is the public arm twisting. Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay, just so you know, but but yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I think I think that he's eminently qualified, uh, number one, uh, and scripturally qualified uh, at that, and uh, and uh, I think he would make a great pastor myself that's just my personal opinion but i th I think you're right jb i think you you hit the nail on the head but hey that has to be a personal conversation uh, that he has with god and i'm sure when god's ready to to kind of get his attention on it he will and uh, and then again that may never happen we don't know but while we're waiting for that answer you can certainly tune in and uh and glean some wonderful stuff from the teaching that he's going to give you on Saturday nights. So be sure tune in with uh, JB as always with us and uh, Pastor Dick and Lucas Doremus. And, and Hey, we we're always putting our heads together to see what more we can give you as far as content. Uh, we love you and we want you to be fully informed on, on current events and uh, most of all, what the Bible says about these things. We look at everything through the lens of Scripture, and uh, that's the way we will always do it. Uh, we promise you that. Uh, so with that being said, JB, thanks for being with us once again. We look forward to the next time uh, that we're together. Um, until then, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off for now. May God bless and keep you until we meet again. <laughs>